I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. It's very cold here in Ohio, so Lindsay and I, are, our fingers are, <laughs> at least mine are like the tips, I haven't felt them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been working in the barn doing all your Christmas stuff. You know, we've been talking yeah. about our Christmas stuff. So I hope we all have. you guys, have, if you gleaned something good off last week's episode about Christmas greens, we are in it. It is like full-blown mm-hmm. Christmas green time. So what are yeah. you up to in your barn, Lindsay? Well, I was just – I just took a shower before we did this and um, mm-hmm. I was we were working in the barn this morning and I'm like, okay, I have – cuts there's sap all over my hand and I have at least three hot glue gun burns and I'm like it's Christmas season you know it's like (laughs) it's definitely Christmas season we're doing um we're kind of doing like a half Thanksgiving half like Christmas intro at the farmer's market this weekend which is a little sooner than we normally do yeah um Mm -hmm. and then we have we're hosting a private event for a a financial company this weekend which is super exciting Uh, like a wreath workshop for their customer appreciation weekend so yeah I love it it's fun I know we're we're in it here too we're trying to stay warm the best we can um but I am just I really the last coaching call that we had with one of our listeners I Lindsay like feels completely comfortable calling guys dirtbags still I'm like feel like a little (laughs) my heart (laughs) something in me feels like it's not right but I'm rolling with it when (laughs) one of our listeners um Last last time we had Alexis, who was great, and this time um, we get to have Anne from Beautiful Mess Flower Farm. Um, Anne literally left the sweetest review. I mean, it was just so sweet. So um, we're so excited to be able to do this again. It's really so fun to get a chance to really like dive a little bit deeper with one of our listeners. So um, I know I, I, I always get something from it too. So it's it's mm-hmm. really fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So, Anne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and thank you for so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, we we got a chance to look at your website, and it's very, very cute. So mm-hmm. um, do you want to give us a summary about your farming in, uh, operation and give us some info so we can get to know you a little bit better? Sure. So I just finished up my second year. Mm-hmm. Of, um, of flower farming. And I sell through, uh, this was my first year doing a CSA. Uh, I had about five, five members, which felt like a great start to me. It was manageable. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Um, and I also have a weekly flower farm or flower stand at the end of my driveway. Um, and those are my two main sales outlets. I'm considering sort of what direction I want to go, whether I want to add a farmer's market uh, I'd really love to eventually move into events, hosting events on the farm. Um, but right now, it's just the CSA and and the farm stand once a week. Is this your side hustle? Like, are you have do you have another job off of the farm? 
This is absolutely my side hustle. I have mm-hmm. a very busy job off the farm. So it's part mm-hmm. side hustle, part therapy. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. but would love to grow it to the point where in a few years it will replace, um, if not all of my current job income, at least a substantial amount. And I could scale back on what I'm doing off farm. And where are you located? And like, give me demographics as far as like, you know, small town, how close are you to a large city? Like those sort of breakdown. Sure. So I'm located in Durham, Maine, which is a small town of about 4,000 people. Um, It is actually has a real strong loyalty to uh, local farms and local businesses, which is amazing. Uh, I'm about half an hour north of Portland, which is the state's largest city, and about 20 minutes south of the Lewiston-Auburn area, which is the third biggest metropolitan area. And when I say big, I'm, I'm talking big by Maine standards, not, yeah. <laughs> not by normal standards. Um, and, and Maine actually has quite, um, quite a dedication to farming, local farms, mm-hmm. and um, quite a few flower farms in the area. That's what I was going to ask, how saturated the market is up there. So it's interesting, and um, I think around the Portland area, it's pretty pretty saturated. There are quite a few. There are probably three flower farms that sell at our biggest farmer's market in Portland, um, and it seems to support them well. But uh, most farmer's markets around have at least one flower, flower farm. My little town actually has one other pretty small flower farmer. She uh, doesn't really have the same sales model as I do. Um, but I tend to pull from our town and from a neighboring town as well um, and have a pretty good local following on Facebook to the extent one can in a 4,000 person town. Okay. With your farm, what is it that you, would you say that you're struggling with then for us to be able to um, learn more about and kind of pinpoint what it is that you want to talk more to us about? Yeah. So I'd really love to learn more about the the marketing side and the mm-hmm. growing growing the business side. Um, I sort of rely on our local town Facebook groups to advertise my farm stand, you know, every week, hey, friends, um, the farm stands up, come get it, whatever. Um, And that feels a little, um, it's starting to feel a little salesy and a little unsustainable. I um, have started to develop a newsletter. I haven't sent my first one yet, but I have a little bit of a newsletter list um, developed my own social media following a little bit. It's still not huge and really feeling <clears throat> sort of stuck in, um, in how to grow the business with the goal of at least in a couple years, making this, um, more profitable and being able to replace more of my current off farm income, um, with the farm products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, like first off, in so you do want to eventually grow the farm to replace your your current income. So you do eventually want to be full time on the farm, correct? At least part time. Okay. Um, at at least a substantial replace a substantial amount of my current income, if mm-hmm. not all. 
And with a CSA, which I, I always tell people, like, I, I really do think it's so good that you started small. I don't know why we always feel mm-hmm. like, oh, it just feels like not enough, you know. But it's like, I know it's always really good practice. So are you feeling like the five shares that you did went well and you want to, you could easily expand it? I did. Um, okay. I do. And I learned a lot, right? I figured out mm-hmm. where I had just barely enough flowers to yeah. make those five that week. Yeah. And I bulked mm-hmm. up um, this year. I invested in a cooler so I could extend the tulips. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Bulked up on my perennials. I should have peonies coming online in two years. Planted my first mm-hmm. round last year. Um, so I am confident that I can definitely do more. I mean, I'm still not looking for 100 next year. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. much. But I, I, I do feel confident that I could expand the, um, the CSAs I did and serve mm-hmm. more customers. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I know Lindsay can talk this a lot because she's like from a smaller area um, than even me. I we're like more semi-rural, so we're more like actually suburban. Um, so we like pull from a l- little bit different. But I think something to think about is is when you do have a smaller uh, smaller town, it needs to be you need to know that you're going to have to extend your reach out further naturally. So like for me, I don't, my reach doesn't have to be that big because the population is more around me. But for you, if you have two larger markets, I know for us, I when talking, just talking about CSA, I saw two really big changes when I did these, these two things with my CSA. First is I partnered with a pickup spot that was about 20 or 30 minutes away from my farm. So then it just really extended my outreach areas. Um, so that, cause the biggest obstacle I was overcoming and think about what some of the, what if, what are the obstacles or what are the objections that people say to getting your flowers? For me, it was like, well, the farm's too far away. I don't really want to drive out there to pick up, you know, I'm like, okay. So I was kept hearing that. And so, and I think with you, you're going to have to extend those like marketing fingers out a little bit more if you want to increase and you could still limit the pickup spot. So let's say you find a spot in, where was the local port Portland? Portland's the biggest Portland's one. Yep. Yeah. So if you were able to find a small, a small spot there, I mean, you could still like set that at quantity five shares. Now it might feel like a long drive for just five, but it would be something that you could grow on, you know, next year as you start feeling more comfortable to add. Um, I know Lindsay, you have a pickup spot um, near you. How far away is that one from you? Uh, it's about 20, it's about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a West Virginia. And that was, that was sort of the catalyst into that West Virginia market. And for mm-hmm. several years, we were trending more growth in West Virginia than we were in Ohio where I live right on the river. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it was, they've, they were a fantastic resource for us. And it was, um, I think I'd mentioned this in another episode before, but just, in what Shannon's saying is like hand selecting who is on brand for you. And that relationship with, you know, with our pickup spot is like it, we baby it because they're important to us. Um, They, it's just so much, there's so much mutual respect there. They advertise for us, we advertise for Mm -hmm. them. And it's like, um, it's just not because we have to. It's because we want to. We want to support that business. And um, it's actually a garden center, ironically, when everybody's like, they sell, you know, so it doesn't seem like it would be something that would be a good fit. And it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, People think we work so much together. Um, People think that we are like related or, you know, something because we just have that, have built that up. But um, 
Yeah, that's do you have anybody that helps you? Is it just you? Right now it's just me. I occasionally mm-hmm. and hire a local teenager to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, during the really busy time, spring and, mm-hmm. and fall. Um, can I follow up on something on mm-hmm. what yeah. you just said? Uh, yeah. did you have these relationships with the places that you um had, or did you cultivate them sort of specifically with the intent of uh, making them a pickup spot? I did not have relationships with them at all. I just kind of targeted who I thought would be a good fit. And this is where I encourage you to like think about your what your target customer is too. Like for me, my target customer was somebody who sought out local things. Like that was because I'm not always I'm not always going to be the cheapest. So they're going to have to be somebody who values that it's something that's created locally. So so for me, we have found like our sweet spot with like other local businesses, local coffee shops, bakeries, um, an ice cream shop is one of our places. We have a home like a locally owned home decor store because you want to reach out to people and people who are visiting those stores who might not even know about you your customer is visiting them and then they get to see your flowers there. And that's where we, that's how our CSA grew is because, and it was small at first. I mean, we, it annoyed the the piss out of me that I was Mm -hmm. driving to these places for like one bucket of flowers, but it was like those like boots on the ground marketing efforts that really grew that because then people came in, they're like, Oh my gosh, how do I get those? Or what are those? And then ice cream shops like, Oh, Hey, here's this little flyer that, and that I just tell them, hey, when anyone asks, just give them this. And it details how to get a hold of us, who we are. And then then it just grew at those locations. So it'll it'll feel like a lot at first, especially if it's like not the quantity that you're looking for to make it feel worth it. Um, but I kind of targeted, I think, like other local businesses because you do have a small – you have a small – smaller market. And eventually, not that you're going to tap out of those people, but are the people in your small town your target audience, like demographic-wise, do you think? Um, So my town's actually really interesting. It's uh, growing with younger Mm -hmm. families. And I think that is my target audience because I Mm -hmm. also like my subscribers. I have a, in addition to the flowers, I have horses, goats, and chickens on the farm. Mm -hmm. And so I have found that mom's love to come pick up my flowers. Mm -hmm. They stop in. I show the kids the goats and they pet the chickens. And Mm -hmm. like the young family, particularly the moms, that seems to be the demographic. And I offer my subscribers an exclusive on-farm spring open farm day where when we have baby goats. Mm -hmm. And so that's Mm -hmm. pulled in quite a a bit of interest for next year already is Mm -hmm. I sort of posted pictures at open farm day. So that's um, that's really my my target demographic, and my town is about split um, between those those younger families that do want to invest in flowers and have mm-hmm. the experience, and other folks who grow their own gardens or flowers aren't a priority, or um, mm-hmm. not my slightly more expensive flowers are not a priority. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely not not a, not a target rich market. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, and, and I think Lindsay, you would agree too, that that's, that that's exactly one of my target audiences too, is like mm-hmm. young families who want to experience the farm. So I think when you're thinking about how you're going to market your CSA, I would like play that up big time. Like yeah. that I would have that visit be and like for us, we also added the other thing was that we added um, a free like one hour photo shoot on the farm. So Which they bring so their photographer. Generous. 
This is so generous really? of Shannon. Oh my gosh. Oh. Every time she says this, listen, <laughs> you can be team Shannon on this. Every time she says it, I'm like, hell no. Hell no. Why? People, I just, you, the way your farm is set up, it works. It just doesn't work yeah. for me. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't, that part doesn't I mean, work for me. Yeah. I mean, for Sorry. me, people are like, how the heck do I or like and we we like have a pretty high rate to come do photography now. So we're making it like $150 an hour. So for it to be free, I can say that's $150 value. And I don't do anything other than schedule them on the farm. So yeah, I see, love that's, it. that's my fuss. That's my fuss. It's the um <laughs> is the scheduling stuff. I just if maybe I need to give that to like Emily or something else, but we do a members only yeah. night. So I feel like yeah. they're getting and they get like merch mm-hmm. discount. That's one thing we do. I I think Anne, what you were talking about when you just said like, oh, the goats and the chickens, and it kind of had me thinking about the marketing side a little bit. Where you know our customers when they're buying from us, they aren't buying because you know these flowers last this long. I mean, sure, some of them they are right; they last longer. Um, but it's really like how that makes them. Feel like we're selling really the the benefits that they're getting from the flowers. So it's like using that lingo and sort of what you were just talking about with the you the fact that you have that personal experience with them when they pick up. One of our friends, Tara, um, she like hand delivers, meaning like when they pick up, she's there to greet them. Um, And ours is self serve. And I think you know, mm-hmm. that works for her. She doesn't want to not do it that way because like, you know, she gets that time and that connection with the customer. Um, so we all do it a little bit different, but I think the fact that you're willing to sort of invest in that and that's the connection piece, it's like listening to what they're saying. If you can even think about, or, or if you have a relationship with one of those customers that you had the CSA, it's like, you know, what was it about it? What were the things that, you know, that make you want to do it again next year and using those words with her um, to help promote it for this upcoming year, you know, I think is one is one piece that's really important with it. And when I was asking you about help, uh, my, th- my thought was, is that something that, um, you know, somebody could deliver those subscriptions for you to a pickup location? Because what happened with us, with our pickup um, is that, we were delivering and then other people wanted to buy them. So then they started wholesaling our bouquets. And now it's like, that's our West Virginia spot. Um, And we've, you know, so it's like that evolved into more business to us. And um, our CSA has actually gotten to the point where I'm like, man, is this too much for them? Do I need to break this up? You know, so we just check in and say like, hey, are you okay? And they're like, no, we love it. It's she, she -hmm. has been the biggest advocate. So you're not a burden to them because People are asking, they're getting ad on sales. They also have an ice cream shop. So when people are coming in there, they're like, oh yeah, I need to grab whatever else they have in the store that day, you know? So it's a benefit to them to have it on. Um, And, you know, we get, we just did this year actually a thank you um, day for their employees because they do handle a lot of stuff, you know, where it's like, oh, Lindsay didn't send the right amount of bouquets and they're managing the calls and the, you know, the this's and the that's of it. but again, it's like it is just it's the best relationship on both sides for us. Um, and I think, you know, do you have a place in mind? Is there like a, a th- as we're talking about that, is there anything that like comes up or you're like, wonder if this would be a good. 
Yeah, so there are a couple that are sort of coming to mind. We've got a couple like, um, and I'm actually thinking more the other direction, which is mm-hmm. the Lewiston Auburn area, which is a little bit smaller market because Portland is Portland has a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a couple coffee shops that focus a lot on farm products. They don't have any like local farm products in their mm-hmm. uh, in their menu, and I wonder oh, if yeah. they would be because um, mm-hmm. they're right, Shannon. You said it, it's. Find the business that attracts the people who are committed 100%. to local, even if it's not the cheapest. And yes. yep. so there are a couple like coffee sandwich shops that really mm-hmm. focus on the mm-hmm. local products, the local cheeses, the local meats. Um, mm-hmm. That may be a great one to approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you just make it, Lindsay said it right, you're not a burden to them. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're not going to want to do this. They're going to be like, what the heck? You know, I mean, I don't even require that they put them back in a cooler. I mean, they just sit out, you know, and and we got to the point too where, you know, I tell them now, like, it's not for you to manage who showed up and didn't show up on that day. I just give them a list. They mark it off. That way, if, you know, someone says, oh, I, you know, I, I haven't picked up for like the last, they can confirm that for me and stuff. But beyond just them picking up their bouquet and marking off the name and they get an extra bouquet. So that's one thing. I give them one extra that I, sometimes the owner takes one of my um, places, like gifts it to the employee of the week. I mean, they just like make it a whole thing. It's yeah. just so sweet. So mm-hmm. um, I really do think, you know, that has really helped our CSA grow. And it's just like just the visibility of your flowers in a new place is just so huge. And one thing that might be a good idea since because you're going to be like a new face there. Um, we did this when we were first starting is we did like a little like spring pop up. Like we brought some flowers and we like hung out there for a, some hours in the evening. And that way they got to talk to me and like they would come to like, oh my gosh, what's this? You know, and they buy like a small bouquet. Um, but it's a way for you to like talk to them about the CSA. They could get a chance to sample your flowers. Um, but that that really worked out good. And and then it was like we were, I was on their social and then people were starting to be curious. And um, it really is like because I always feel like word of mouth and referrals is like such a huge it's like right. literally the greatest lead ever. Right. <laughs> it really is. So yeah. it's um in a real a lot comes from that. So I, I don't know. I think that would be a good fit for your CSA. And you could still limit the quantity there, but um it might be a good a good thing for you to do. Yeah, I love that idea. That's a really great idea. Mm-hmm. I did uh consignment. And I don't recommend it. We don't do it anymore. But sometimes, well, I shouldn't say that because I just threw it out to an idea to a place that I want to get my foot in the door. And, you know, it's like sometimes they're a little hesitant. Like uh, we actually did it with a grocery store where, I, you know, they were 40 minutes from us. And I have a longer reach, right? Meaning like I have to go further because I'm in this small town. Um, sometimes I get jealous of Shannon's people, just all the people she's surrounded by, but we talk about it. It's okay. Um, but no, we, you know, so those efforts where I was like, okay, we're going to do consignment. And then what I did was I could track those sales. And, um, the next year I went back and said, Hey, like, this is what we sold. This is what I like, I'll do a minimum of this number. And I showed them those like, this is how much you guys made off of this. And with consignment, we just did a smaller, you know, they get less, we take more of the cut because we're kind of doing the management on it. Um, But even 
you know, one of those shops to say like, hey, you know, do a combo deal. Say like, could we be a CSA pickup? And then maybe because you're also making a delivery there, you just tack on, you throw in 10 bouquets and say like, we'll do them on consignment because I'm coming back every week or whatever, you know, whatever it is for you. But that might be a nice way to like, people see it and then they get to learn about you. They get to buy your flowers. They might turn into then a CSA customer next year. So. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, I had one consignment shop. Uh, it was a little cookie shop in mm-hmm. the next town over and it was not wildly successful and it might just mm-hmm. have been the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Are you collecting emails um, for a newsletter or are you collecting like growing a little bit of an email list too? I am. Um, I have been very delinquent in my <laughs> email okay. newsletter. Yeah. And that is uh, – right? That's that's the hard part is mm-hmm. especially during the season, sending a monthly newsletter mm-hmm. is a lot more work than I thought it would be. Yes. Um, but I am. I'm starting to collect uh, collect email addresses bit by bit. Um, yeah. I haven't done anything major to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I for, for us – there's always going to be other flower farms and there's always going to be other competition that way. So for us, and I actually learned this from Lindsay, Lindsay does like an amazing job with her newsletter. Um, and, but people are going to choose you, you know, that you, they need to have a reason to choose you amongst the crowd of others. And that's going to be that connection piece that's going to allow them to choose you. And if it could be like, if in your newsletter you're saying, Hey guys, I'm so excited to be at this new, whatever the bakery or whatever that you were thinking, coffee shop, sandwich shop. Um, and then people who already know you are like, oh, I know someone who lives out there. I should share this with them. You know, it's just like, and I honestly, I, I've been getting, I was better with it this year, but I was getting emails back from people be like, oh my gosh, I just, I want you to know, I just love this little newsletter. I don't even buy from you. (laughs) One day though, but you know, it's just like, it's like just staying in front of people week to week. Mm -hmm. So when that they come to the point where they do think about flowers, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, Anne sends me the sweetest newsletter and she's going to be my girl. And then that's how it's just going to continue to, to grow. But um, I, I think, you know, Lindsay does a good job with the emailing, but I think that would be a good way to really try and target, like, she you could do, like, some kind of, like, drip campaign to who your current people and be like, hey, and are reintroducing yourself. Hey, guys, you know, I know I haven't been around. The season was so busy. I'm so excited to connect with you more this winter. And the next mm-hmm. one, you could, here's a little bit about me. Next one, you could be like, did you know I offer a, you know, a CSA? This is the reasons, you know, just like mm-hmm. a little about, about you stuff might be a good idea to like reintroduce yourself to your audience too. You said you were using uh, Facebook groups. Is that you're posting uh, and you said you felt like it was getting kind of spammy? Yeah. So during the season, I sort of post um, my farm stands around Sunday and I post just about every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you know, farm stands up for the day. Come check us out with a photo or whatever. Are you posting that on your page or are you posting that on like a group somewhere? So I'm usually posting on my page and sharing it to two different Facebook groups, local okay. Facebook groups. So one of the things like that I st- – when I started doing it, if you scroll back – which I don't do. Don't scroll back. I'm just going to tell you about it. But through to the beginning of my page, <clears throat> I didn't I didn't want to be a part of my page and I there's a, the vulnerability piece, right, to put yourself out there, but you are sweet as pie. Like you are so sweet to talk to you and so knowing that like that just your smile and that connection and all of that, it's like 
the spammy feeling is because you're constantly like, hey, buy these flowers. Like I'm open, buy them. I'm open, buy them. There's like a balance between that because you have to do that, right, Shan? Like you've got to like post it so they know. But then it's like that – like the connecting photos like you're doing like where you show the goats and the chickens and like the flowers mm-hmm. and just conversational I get so much more engagement out of this like so for example on my Facebook page this week I posted I just had this we were planning tulips and I, we were talking about winning the lottery and I'm you know like what would you do with the money and like you know all this stuff and I'm like you know I'd really like to think that I it wouldn't change me but then I said when I play Monopoly, I turn into like an absolute savage. Like I am a monster. I'm like, I I will buy you the house, you but would. then I'm like, give me all the money. Um, so <laughs> anyway, this my point is I literally threw that post up on Facebook. It got shared and people commented and you know, all this engagement stuff. And I'm like, what does that have to do with flowers? Nothing. I was talking, I tied in tulips in there. Um, but those engagement posts, and then I turned around and posted something about selling. I think it got like 50 likes or something. I was like, the hell, you know, it was like, where'd all those, where are all those people now? And part of that's the algorithm, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And part of it is like, oh, I just want entertainment. I don't necessarily want to be sold to, but even that type of engagement, like Shannon was saying, like that weekly newsletter is like when they think about flowers, they're going to be like, remember Mm -hmm. that? Monopoly savage redhead. I'm going to call her. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's like we're all going to be like different and unique in those ways. But, um, you know, I guess I would suggest maybe throwing in some more engagement posts with that and even just the flower stand, even with like Shannon, when you post the goats or like pictures mm-hmm. with those oh, with somebody, like gosh. when she does her flower stand pictures and people like the little yeah. kids stand in front of the flower stand, I'm like, yeah, it's so, cute. so cute. Everybody oh wants that gosh. picture, right? Like they want to take that, they want to take the selfie right. and feed the goats and do the farm stand thing. I mean, yes. Shannon's the farm stand queen. She kills it at her farm stand. Yeah. I love oh. my little farm stand. That thing is like, yeah, not easy money. There, there's no money that's easy. But for us, no. I'm not schlepping the flowers everywhere, and it's just like right there, you know. So for me, the key with the farm stand was trying to present it in different ways because I'm like, oh my gosh, how many, how many different angles can I take pictures of these freaking flowers? <laughs> my flower stand, you know. Yes, they're beautiful and unique, but I stopped. I, sometimes I don't make it about that. You know, I'm like, hey guys, who wants to, the goats, the goats have been lonely. They've missed you, you know, in the couple days we weren't open. Stop by and see them. Judge just filled up the, the goat treats, you know, like little stuff like that. And sometimes I won't even make it about the flowers. I'll be like, hey, did you guys see our new goat poppy? You know, make sure you say hi to her. She's like a little nervous because the guys aren't being nice to her, you know, whatever. So yeah. I think like for me as young families being the target audience, I'm creating that experience here because every morning there's moms down there. Everyone's in their PJs. They're feeding the goats. Mom gets her flowers. It's literally like an act of self-care and entertains everybody. So I've been really been trying to speak to that a little bit more about it's not just coming to buy flowers. They're coming to buy more than that. It just happens that flowers are there sometimes. And that's is actually what's supporting our business. Um, But I feel like putting it out there because, I mean, I really, I mean, last year I was just feeling like how many more ways can I promote this flower stand, you know? So now I just try to have more fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And actually, I would love to. My this sounds really cheesy, but my my favorite thing about the farm is having people come visit and seeing 
right? They don't see the million projects that are undone. Um, they yeah. see the really cute goats and the really pretty flowers mm-hmm. and the like picture- picturesque setting. And mm-hmm. so that's my favorite thing is having people come. And eventually I would like to grow this to the point where on-farm events are also supported. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. I love that idea of bringing people to the farm stand mm-hmm. with things other than just the yeah. farm stand, right? Other than just the flowers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. You um, you kind of lit up when you were just talking about bringing people onto your farm, and I really resonate with that. And Shannon and I say life giving, life taking. Do you want to grow your CSA? Is that like? Do you feel? I guess you know because you you kind of lit up with the on farm stuff. So I'm thinking like, is that maybe a, a route that would be more lucrative to you, able to manage it in a way? And I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about myself with my own business model. Like, you know, I started out doing all the things. I'm kind of a, um, you know, the saying is ready, aim, fire. I'm kind of like fire, ready, aim. <laughs> um, so like I do all that. And my girls are like, what the hell are we doing? Um, but, you know, I guess I'm just curious. Is that like, do you want to grow your CSA in the way that we're discussing? I do want to grow the CSA. Um, and it is. Because I still find that I get those, at least this year, I, I still had those relationships and they were all on-farm pickups. So maybe that changes when you partner with the business, mm-hmm. but I still mm-hmm. built those relationships with the CSA members. Like maybe they mm-hmm. got there first thing in the morning when I was putting it out and I made sure I did little gifts and we had the on-farm event. Um, and it's still a great way to connect with people. I will tell you, like I'm considering doing a farmer's market next year and that mm-hmm. does not light me up. Yeah. Even a little bit. That sounds terrible, actually. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of a a logical growth model for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But the CSAs, I I feel like I still get that connection and I still can bring them to the farm um, so Mm -hmm. they can see what it's about and enjoy it. Because that's that's a lot Mm -hmm. of, of, right, what I'm selling is, Mm -hmm. is this cute little place half an hour north of Portland that Mm -hmm. has cute baby goats and Mm -hmm weirdo chickens and right mm-hmm. and, and these yeah. hopefully really pretty flowers so yeah. would it would it even benefit for you instead of going to is, this, is the farmer's market on saturday it's friday it's on a friday so i mean would you think it would benefit you to open up your flower stand more often as opposed to going to the farmer's market it could i mean it's interesting so my farm stands open on sundays mm-hmm. and i'm not regularly selling out i'm selling mm-hmm. out a couple days a week so i wonder if it could support a second day because mm-hmm. that it would be easy right yeah I mean, you're right you seem to like it in the driveway and stick them out right yeah uh, one of the hardest things for me with the farm stand is getting to the point where i could be predictable because if people are traveling to me i want to make sure that it's not they're not going to show up and nothing be there so for me to like add on days i would I would just encourage you to really feel like comfortable that you could really meet the need those other days. But Mm -hmm. for me, like we always had young kids. So I'm like, okay, could I stock the, could I not go to the farmer's market if I stock the stand two more days? And it kind of always evened out for me. And I wasn't paying a sitter being away from my kids. I I mean, I'm a homebody. I like being home. Like that's where I want to be. And I'm creating more lifelong customers because they're interacting and engaging with me on my own farm um, as opposed to like, you know, standing there like trying to smile and make eye contact at a farmer's market, you know. So for me, that just felt like so much easier and I loved it. So that worked out. So maybe that could be something to consider. Like if you're dreading the farmer's market, 
and there's like a lot of other competition there and you're just like not feeling it, you're going to begrudge going there. I would, I would not do it. I know it does feel like the next step. And I, I, we did it too. We, we did the farmer's markets. Um, is your farmer's market pretty good? This, the one I would go to actually only has, it only has a Dahlia seller right now. She sells strictly Dahlias. So it's only towards the later part of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a flower vendor that sort of couldn't sustain it this Mm -hmm. past year. So I'd be the only flower flower vendor. Mm -hmm. It's not huge. It's three years old, Mm -hmm. but it's at least, um, I talked to the, the flower farmer who did it and she said the week she did do she was pleased with the return okay. on her time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not huge, but it, it would definitely sustain at least one flower vendor, I think. Mm-hmm. And I know Lindsay would probably agree with me too. Something you need to decide on is what is the number worth your time? Yeah. <laughs> you know? that, was right. what, that was my that was my thought. Yeah. And I would say if you're not going to – if you decide maybe you're not going to do the farmer's market or it's not – um, you know, maybe looking for alternative ways, you know, getting with garden clubs or OSU, OSU extension. Yes. In Maine, go talk to OSU extension. Um, and, you know, go, you know, getting in front of those other groups, you know, mom's groups. We've talked about, um, you know, the free um, bouquets to the dentist and, you know, every appointment I go to, I show up with flowers, you know, uh, the post office and uh, all those places. And so, cause that just is that little added advertisement. So I guess I would say, you know, if maybe you don't do that, th- maybe think about some other places that you could get your name out in front of people. Yeah. And that's, um, and maybe this is backwards, but the farmer's market, my ultimate goal is not necessarily to sell all the flowers at the farmer's market, but in part mm-hmm. to get my name out there, start mm-hmm. building those relationships and maybe eventually they become CSA members mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something like that. It is sort of an easy way to connect with folks who are looking for that product, for that mm-hmm. local um, mm-hmm. product and place a premium on that, premium value on that. So Yeah. Um, you could even make, if you decide to do the market, you could make it one of your CSA pickup spots too. If that's in an area, so it could, you know, double duty that way too, which which might be kind of nice depending on where it's at. Yeah, there's so many good ideas and I'm mm-hmm. like thinking about how I would implement them all here mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. on my farm and, and what makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, so many good ideas. I really, I really appreciate this. Yeah, of course. Thank you for the review. So sweet. Like, Seriously, so sweet. And yeah, I don't have a problem calling you a dirt bag right to your face because I can see it. So <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And usually, I, like, I'm definitely cleaned up. Usually, when I've been working on the farm, it is physically like a dirt. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A dirt bag. I guess, Shan, I don't have a problem calling them dirt bags because it's within the context. Like, they, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I'm not just like, yeah. hey, dirt bag, just like, out in public, I guess it's just within the, this realm. Yes, yeah, it yeah. does. I mean, one day, one day it'll feel like a little better. It just feels so, very against my grain. <laughs> I know because they're so all sweet. so sweet. They are oh sweet, gosh, but it's like I guess even. when I think about dirt bag, I always think I think about it in the context of like we really are just kind of dirty, you know, in general, yeah. like dirt, dirty 100%. jobs kind of thing. So micro. But well, and thank you for taking the time to come chat with us today. It was so fun to chat with you. And I hope that you got some value out of this with 
going back and forth with with Shannon and I. All right, dirtbags. Thanks for joining us today again for another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. If you listened to episode today and you got something out of it or it kind of hit your heart and you resonated with Anne, go show her some love. We're going to put her all of her yes. um, Instagram and Facebook and all the all the places to find her on there. Uh, and if this resonated with you and you know another flower farming friend, would you please share our show with them? It means so much to us. Um, it's just, it's been humbling, I think, in the last, uh, you know, we this is what, our third, 29th, mm-hmm. 28th something episode, yeah. just to see the steam like kind of rolling with this. And it's been humbling mm-hmm. to, um, you know, even hear the questions that Anne's saying today on how we're kind of in that same exact spot again, you know, kind of coaching ourselves through this whole podcast. And um, you guys have been super encouraging for us and we really appreciate it. So if you would leave us a review, um, that's how Anne got her sweetness on the show today is she left us a very sweet review and we are going through randomly selecting someone um, over the next coming months to do on-air coaching calls with us. So head over to wherever you listen, Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts and leave us a uh, leave us a review. Five star only. That's the only ones we're looking at. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, and uh, if you don't follow us over on Instagram, follow us at Dirt on Flowers. Drop us a DM, say hi. We love chatting with you. And uh, yeah, you know the drill. We'll see you again, same time, same place next week. 